الحمد لله وكفى سلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل إن كنتم تحبون الله فاتبعوني يحببكم الله سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون سلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم The brothers who are staying for the talk, you could just move forward, inshallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala subdivides his mercy upon his universe. So Allah ta'ala's general mercy extends to all of Allah ta'ala's creation. Allah ta'ala's most merciful, he's the most merciful and his mercy extends and subdivided and there's a general type of his mercy and that extends to all of Allah Ta'ala's creation. Everything. All human beings, irrespective of their belief, all human beings are recipients of the mercy of Allah. All animals are recipients of the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. The mountains, the skies, the stars, the moon, the planets. Essentially every single cell or every single atom of this universe is the recipient of a general type of mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then a subtype of that mercy is the mercy that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows toward the people that believe in Him. For the believers, Allah ta'ala has a very special type of mercy. Allah ta'ala, for the believers, has an even more special type of mercy. It's a more focused type of mercy that is beyond the general mercy that all of Allah Ta'ala's creation receives. And then there is a subset of the believers who receive even more special attention and mercy from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And those are the believers who strive to follow the example of the Prophet Individuals who strive to mimic the Prophet ﷺ's way of life and to follow the sunnah, the tradition of the Prophet ﷺ, they are recipients of a very special type of mercy of Allah Ta'ala. And the reason for this is because the Prophet ﷺ was so beloved to Allah. Allah Ta'ala's love for him was so great that anyone who seeks to resemble anything even remotely related to the Prophet ﷺ receives Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy. So individuals who seek and strive to follow the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ become recipients of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy. You can put it this way that a more a person aims to fulfill the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, the more of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy they'll receive. 
And the less a person seeks to fulfill and bring into their life the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, the less mercy they'll receive in their life. This applies to every single aspect of our life. Oftentimes, we ask ourselves the question, how can I maximize my closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? I'm seeking to become close to Allah. I'm seeking to please my Creator. I'm seeking to develop a lasting relationship with Him that extends beyond the days of Ramadan. How is it that I can maximize on this relationship with my Creator? The answer is, the answer is simple. The vehicle, the mechanism by which a person becomes close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and maximizes on their ability to become close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is through the sunnah of the Prophet it is through the sunnah, the way of the Prophet ﷺ, by mimicking and inculcating the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, that a person is able to achieve the pinnacles of this deen. That a person is able to taste the pinnacle of nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. By mimicking the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, a person is able to taste the sweets of this deen. And become very close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What's the proof? What's the evidence of this? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, in an oft-recited verse, قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهِ That if you seek to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Prophet ﷺ is being told by Allah ta'ala to tell us this. قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ if you, The Prophet ﷺ is saying, as is narrated in the Quran, tell the Prophet, oh you Prophet ﷺ, tell them this. تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهِ If you desire to love Allah, فَاتَّبِعُونِي Then follow me. يُحْبِبْكُمُ اللَّهِ As a consequence of you following me, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will fall in love with you. If you desire Allah ta'ala's love, which is why all of us are here. I mean, we're here locking ourselves in the masjid for some of us three days, some of us for ten days. What are we desiring but the love of Allah Ta'ala to descend upon us so that when we end up meeting Him, it's pleasing to both us and to Him. And why else are we here? Why else are we fasting for 30 days in Ramadan and enduring the difficulties of 17 hours without food or drink, the difficulties of these hot summer days, 90 plus degrees? Why else are we doing this? Why are we standing for two hours Every single night, praying 20 rak'ah of taraweeh. Why are we doing this? Simply because we desire the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We desire His love. And Allah ta'ala so clearly states in the Qur'an how each and every single person can attract His love. A simple formula. فَاتَّبِعُونِي Follow the footsteps of the Prophet sallallahu Footstep by footstep. Taba'a means to follow in Arabic. Ittaba'a takes on a, an, a more extreme form of following, which is to follow in, follow in footstep the example of the Prophet Footstep by footstep by footstep. And what results from following the sunnah? What results from following the Prophet Allah Ta'ala says, Yuhbibkum Allah, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala will subsequently, Allah Ta'ala will consequently fall in love with you. What's the effect of Allah Ta'ala falling in love with the believer? 
You know, what, 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 what happens when Allah Ta'ala falls in love with the believer? It comes in a hadith that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, when He falls in love with the believer, He says, in, Allah, in the hadith says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ إِذَا أَحَبَّ عَبْدًا but when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala falls in love with a person, He calls Jibreel alayhi salam to him. The angel that brings wahi and revelation to the prophets. Allah ta'ala calls angel Jibreel alayhi salam to him. فَقَالْ إِنِّي أُحِبُّ فُلَانًا Verily, I love such and such person. Verily, I love such and such person. So you too should love that person. When Allah Ta'ala falls in love with a person, He calls Jibreel alayhi salam and says, Verily I am in love with this servant, with this individual, so and so, such and such, Zayd, Umar, Aisha, I am in love with that individual. So you too should f- love that person. And then the angel Jibreel alayhi salam subsequently reports to the heavens. And tells everything in the heavens that verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves such and such person, you too should love such and such person. And it comes in hadith that the entire heavens falls in love with that person. And that person on the earth, by everything in this world, everything in this world then begins to honor that person. Everything in this world begins to love that person. You know, even the animate or the inanimate objects, everything becomes in love with that person. As a result of Allah Ta'ala loving a person. And consequently, if Allah Ta'ala despises a person, He tells the angel Jibreel salam that He dislikes this person. The angel Jibreel tells the heavens that Allah Ta'ala despises this person. He dislikes this person. So you too should dislike this person. As a consequence, everything in the heavens dislikes that individual. And then that person becomes completely dishonored on earth as well. Meaning that not only when Allah Ta'ala loves a person, not only does Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala's love fall upon that person, as if that isn't sufficient for us. In addition to that, the angel Jibreel Alayhi Salam is commanded to love us. And in addition to that, everything in the heavens is instructed to love us. And then in addition to that, everything in this world is told to love and honor us. It's one thing to go around and tell the people that you interact with, love me, love me, love me. Go tell your colleagues at work, you should love me, I'm Muslim. Just go, go to the store and tell the people that you interact with, love me, I'm, I'm, I, I have this connection with my Lord. It's one thing to make that statement and try to convince people through whatever tactics you may have that they should like you, they should appreciate you, they should love you. And that'll go a certain distance. It's another thing for... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to tell the angel Jibreel alayhi salam to then tell everything in the heavens and everything on the earth that they have to love you. There's no choice at that point. A person, when you ask them to love you, they're left with a choice. They can make a decision based off of them knowing who you are, what you're about, what your background is, what your interaction has been with them. They can make a decision that I should love you or I shouldn't love you. I should like you, I should appreciate you, or I shouldn't like you, I shouldn't appreciate you. But when the angels are telling the rest of humanity, love this person, love this person, love this person, and it's, they're constantly whispering it into 
into their ears, then all of humanity has no choice but to fall in love with us as well. But to fall in love with us as well. This occurs when Allah Ta'ala falls in love with the believer, with you and I. And Allah Ta'ala falls in love with us when? When we follow the footsteps of the Prophet So we should seek and strive to inculcate every sunnah of the Prophet Don't ever think that a deed of the Prophet is just a sunnah. That is something that is optional. That's something that if I choose to bring into my life, I can. If I choose not to, it won't have much of an effect. Clearly the sunnah is so beloved to Allah that He loves it and He demands from all of His creation to love the person that follows it. We shouldn't take it lightly either. Every sunnah that we learn about of the Prophet's life, every action that he performed, every, uh, every quality that he displayed, every characteristic that he possessed, every single sunnah of the Prophet we should seek to implement. And it's so finely detailed. It's so finely detailed. Whether it be the sunnah of the hair of the Prophet and his recommendation that we keep it all at a certain length, whether it be the way the Prophet ﷺ clothed his body, whether it be the way the Prophet ﷺ clipped his nails, whether it be the way the Prophet ﷺ entered his home, or whether it be the way he left his home, how he used the restroom, whether it be how he brushed his teeth, whether it be how, inter- how he interacted with his neighbors, every single sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ is so finely detailed. And at times we think that these acts are mundane. For instance, clipping the nails. For instance, bathing. We shouldn't do qiyas upon ourselves and apply that to the Prophet ﷺ. Just because when we're brushing our teeth, we are heedless of Allah, doesn't mean the Prophet ﷺ, when he brushed his teeth, that he was heedless of Allah. Just because when we bathe and take a shower, we are heedless and are thinking that this is just an act that we have to perform so that we can be presented to other people. Does it mean that the Prophet ﷺ's heart wasn't connected and this wasn't a form of worship for him? Just because the Prophet ﷺ, when he leave, just because when we leave our homes, it's for some purpose to achieve some goal in this world, that doesn't mean that when the Prophet ﷺ left his, left his home, that he didn't do it full, with full consciousness of what he was doing was an act of worship to Allah Ta'ala. We may ourselves be heedless of Allah when we're performing these acts and subsequently think that these are mundane acts. But the Prophet ﷺ's every action, every word, his every breath had meaning. So much so that there was nothing that the Prophet ﷺ did that was on his own. So we shouldn't take any sunnah lightly. We should think that if the Prophet ﷺ did it, then I too should seek to implement it in my life as well. The Sahaba recognized this. The companions around the Prophet ﷺ, they've recognized this full well. There's a reason why there are companions who narrate in detail what the dress of the Prophet ﷺ looked like. There's a reason that the Sahaba in hadith narrate what the socks of the Prophet ﷺ were like. There's a reason that the Sahaba in detail narrate what the shoes of the Prophet ﷺ were like. There's a reason that they 
detail in hadith what his ring was like, what his food was like, what, his, what the bread was like that he used to eat with, what fruits he would eat, how he would sit, how he would walk, how he would talk. These are all detailed in hadith by those individuals whom Allah Ta'ala is pleased with. They've narrated it and preserved it for a reason. For a reason. Because they recognize the value of every action of the Prophet And they recognize that 1400 years from now, there will be people who believe in Allah and believe in the Messenger who need to know about these details as well so that they can bring it, about, bring it into their lives so that in the same way they attained the rida and the pleasure of Allah 1400 years later, there will be a group of people who too will be able to attain the rida and pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will fall in love with us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will fall in love with us. So, every single aspect of the sunnah is preserved, and we should seek to implement it in our life. This applies to deeds that in and of, them, in and of themselves are sunnah. So for instance, using the miswak is a sunnah of the Prophet It's a sunnah. The deed itself is a sunnah. This applies to beautifying the deeds that we already perform that perhaps aren't innately sunnah, but also adding sunnah into them. So for instance, learning what these sunnahs are of the prayer. Learning what these sunnahs are of wudu. Wudu in and of itself is not a sunnah. It's an act of, that's performed in order to prepare oneself for prayer. But when a person then beautifies their wudu with the sunnahs of wudu, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's love and attention falls upon that person. When a person beautifies their prayer with the sunnahs of prayer, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's love falls upon that person. When a person beautifies their fasts with the sunnah of their fast, for instance, by uh, partaking of the suhoor, then the person is beautifying their fast, and Allah ta'ala's love falls upon them. When a person sits for iftar, and they break their iftar with dates, Consciously thinking that the messenger of Allah, my messenger, had broken his fast with dates, I too want to mimic him, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's love falls upon the deed of fasting as well. Not only are there deeds that the Prophet did that were fasting, but the deeds that we perform on a regular basis, if we bring the sunnah into those deeds as well, then we'll attract the special attention of Allah. A common question people ask is, how is it that I can bring depth into my prayer, into my worship? How can I bring khushur into my salah? The first step for a person to bring khushur into their salah is to inculcate every single sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ in the salah. The way the Prophet ﷺ prayed, what he did when he prayed, how he looked when he prayed, every sunnah should be implemented into the prayer. Then and only then will a person be able to maximize on they're uh, maximized on achieving khushu in their prayer. Now I recognize that there are circumstances in which it's difficult to perform every sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. But that doesn't mean that when we are in our environment, when we are in our own setting, that we can't strive to achieve every sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. The environment of our homes, for instance, this is our environment. You know, we can do what we'd like in our homes. There's no reason why we neglect any sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ within our homes. There's no reason. When we come to the masjid, we should follow every single sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ because these attracts Allah Ta'ala's attention 
there's no reason why we should neglect any sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ when we are in the masjid. We should learn what sunnahs he had performed. We should learn what every fine detail of his life was like. And in at least those circumstances in which we are in control, such as in our homes and in our masajid, then we should implement it 100%. You know, perhaps there's circumstances, whether it be, let's say, at work or at school, where we can't, you know, you know, uh, for, for we cannot inculcate every sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. But that doesn't mean that we can abandon every sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. When we are at work, we can most certainly implement the sunnah of smiling. When we are at work, when we are at school, we can certainly implement the sunnah of giving gifts. How many of us make it a point to give gifts to our co-workers or our colleagues or our teachers or our mentors when we're at work. So the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ is universal. Certain sunnahs perhaps can be applied more so at home, more so when we are in the masjid. But there's most certainly sunnahs that we can apply when we interact with, when we, irrespective of the environment that we're in. But the point being that we shouldn't let the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ go. We shouldn't take it lightly. The Prophet said in a hadith that's narrated in Abu Dawood that he said, hold on to the sunnah. Hold on to my tradition with your molar teeth. The, the, the molar teeth, the teeth that are in the back. Hold on to it with your molar teeth. The Prophet 1400 years ago recognized that this is the strongest uh, that a person will be able to clench. The muscles that control mastication, the masseter muscle, is pound for pound the strongest muscle in the body. And the Prophet ﷺ says, hold on to my sunnah with the strongest muscle of your body. Don't let it slip away. Don't let it slip away. It's going to slip away. It's been predicted. There are hadith that talk about how the, the deen will begin to wither away with the course of time. But the Prophet ﷺ says, with his sunnah, hold on to it even if you have to use the strongest muscle of your body, or, or in particular, with the strongest muscle of your body, hold on to it, preserve it, protect it, implement it, and inculcate it. Don't let it slip away. So for those of us that are striving to become close to Allah, that are striving to earn the pleasure of Allah, and in particular that are seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's special mercy and Allah ta'ala's love, then we should learn the sunnah of the Prophet we should practice the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, and we should, we should live to love the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. We don't know which sunnah, at which time, in which place will be accepted and become beloved to Allah Ta'ala. But this is our way of maximizing our nearness to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. May Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala grant you the United Tawfiq to learn the sunnahs of the Prophet ﷺ and bring them into our life. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us tawfiq to recognize its importance and seek to mimic it the way the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum had mimicked the teachings and the sunnah of the Prophet May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, uh, fall in love with us as a result of us following his sunnah. And may he cause the rest of creation to follow in love, fall in love with us because of our mimicking the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa akhira da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.